Hello, and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. Joining us today, we have a special guest who, based on the hint from last week, is rebooting guns? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm Isaiah. I use he and they pronouns. Um, So, uh... The hint, the hint that I gave was stock gunshot sounds. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I feel felt like I was gonna give that hint to you, and you would either get it instantly, or you would not. Like it, it was either gonna be definitely or definitely not. Um, <laughs> it was I, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I am rebooting Shadow the Hedgehog, the video game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shadow the Head. So my my favorite thing about this video game is the fact that uh, the menus are like the menu sound effects are gunshot sounds. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> it's it's like when you're navigating around a menu, it's the the like cocking gun sound effect, and then when you hit A, it's it's just a gunshot. Like you're shooting the menu. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Shadow's got a gun. <laughs> Shadow's got a gun. Uh, so, so something, something important to note about Shadow the Hedgehog, if I understand my development history well, it was developed by Sega of America, and it was basically the first game Sega of America developed. Um, mm-hmm. They received a lot of fan mail uh, internationally uh, about how uh, kids really like Sonic the Hedgehog, but they really wish he had a gun. So they said, why not give a gun to our new edgier character, Shadow, who, it should be noted, is dead right now. He, like today? He died in a previous game, and oh. they just do not explain how he is still alive. Okay, Shadow the Hedgehog found dead in Miami. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so in order, to, in order to, to understand Shadow the Hedgehog, we have to briefly cover the plot of Sonic Adventure 2. I hope that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll try to only cover the relevant details. Uh, so 50 years ago, during the height of the AIDS epidemic, Professor Jailed Robotnik oh, I, I, was... Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Um... This is this is the only detail that is not in the games that I've included because it's hilarious. Okay. Um, which is that so in the comics, um, there's a fictional version of AIDS called SIDS, which functions exactly the same way, uh, except that it's not sexually transmitted because you know, this is a Sonic the Hedgehog comic book. Uh and also later they decide that also it's a disease that turns you evil. Um <laughs> But oh. they, they do a, they do a, they do some interesting things with that. We don't have time to get into it. Everybody um, got SIDS and shit. Yeah. So <laughs> Professor Gerald Robotnik was contacted by the government uh to to be like, "Hey, can you maybe find a cure for this?" And he said, "Cool, my granddaughter has it. I think it would be great if she didn't die. So I'm going to do that." Um And th- his he's also the grandfather of Jim Carrey, right? Yes, he is Jim Carrey's <laughs> grandfather. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> I I will be referring to the present day Dr. Eggman as Eggman and the 50 years ago professor as uh Professor Robotnik. I th- yeah, so I think to that's avoid what most confusion. 
Yeah. Uh, so, so he said, okay, in order to figure out how to, to fix this autoimmune disease, I have to create the ultimate life form. This is a video game. Please do not ask me why this connects. <laughs> uh, so, so he makes uh, a lizard because, you know, lizards have regenerative properties. And the thing is, that thing does not stop growing. And uh, eventually, the, the government military has to come in and, and take it out. Uh, oh, also, it should be mentioned, um, this happens in space. Because Robotnik uh, is a libertarian. He hates the government. Uh, but he agrees to do this as long as he can do it in his personal uh, space colony called Ark. Uh the significance, like the symbolism of this space station being called the Space Colony Arc is never once delved into in any of these games, and I can't stand that. It's it's such a perfect name, and they just don't they just don't do anything with it. Okay. Also, Lindsay, I don't know if you I know you've never played the game, but in case you've <laughs> seen that video, this is the same space station that pissed on the moon. Yes, yeah, that's okay. correct. Okay. Yeah, it should be. So later, he eventually put a like death beam laser into the arc. I don't know how he did it while it was still in space. Carefully, <laughs> yeah, very carefully. Um, it is established that the Sonic characters don't seem to need to breathe, so maybe he had Shadow do it. Who, who needs to breathe in space these days? Honestly. <laughs> so so eventually he made Shadow the Hedgehog and that was cool and good uh, but the military decided to shut the project down for some reason which maybe had something to do with the giant lizard that was destroying everything I don't know um, and he didn't want to do that um, because he had formed a bond with Shadow or whatever and also he really wanted to save his granddaughter Maria um, so the government already has military boys in there uh, they just they 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 use excessive force, let's say. Um, Maria dies in the process. Uh, Robotnik escapes to Earth, and he's very mad at the government, more so than he was previously. Um, and he rewrites Shadow's brain to hate humanity and reconfigures the Eclipse Cannon so that instead of shooting a, a death laser, it would crash land into Earth, destroying all of Earth and also the Ark itself, destroying all of humanity in an instant. And so we flash forward to the future. Uh, that's a problem. Uh, Sonic and Shadow eventually team up to stop that because Shadow actually remembers that the promise that he made to Maria right before she died was that uh, he would give them another chance to be happy. So he changes his mind on the whole end humanity thing. Huh. But there's an extra plot point exclusive to Japan. Oh. Because there's, there's, this, there's this like implied plot point which is due to localization it just doesn't convey in english which is that shadow realizes that he is not the ultimate life form sonic is and what that means is that shadow was never on the ark he was created on earth and the actual ultimate life form that was created on the ark is sonic the hedgehog Huh. So we have Sonic's real origin story in Sonic Adventure 2 in Japan only. Okay, then. So so Sonic and Shadow... So Sonic is Weapon X. Sonic is Weapon X, that's correct. It's, it's what if the plot of Akira, but with hedgehogs. <laughs> that's okay. Sonic Adventure 2. I love it. I love this yeah. game. This is one of my favorite games. But also, you can raise some funny little guys, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can raise funny little guys. Um, 
so so the two of them go super, uh, and then they use chaos control, which is plot relevant, to stop the arc from crashing into the Earth and taking it like like putting it back into like a chill orbit. Uh, and in the process, Shadow falls down to Earth and burns up in the atmosphere and dies. So then he's fine in the next games, and it's it's just fine. So Shadow the Hedgehog is, of course, a direct sequel to uh, Sonic Heroes. Um, Sonic Heroes, nothing happens. It doesn't matter. But this is technically a direct sequel. In Sonic Heroes, they fight Metal Sonic. Yeah, Sonic Heroes, they fight Metal Sonic. The bit is that Shadow's just in Eggman's lab and he doesn't remember anything. And, like, that's they just don't explore that at all. And then Shadow the Hedgehog, the game, takes that, like, Japanese-exclusive, uh, uh, like, plot point and just completely ignores it. Because it was made by Americans who did not know about that plot point. <laughs> oh, God. So Sonic Adventure 2 was the edgiest Sonic game to date. And Shadow the Hedgehog said, what if we do that, but with no self-awareness? <laughs> There's no, like... <laughs> like... Our menus is stock gunshot sound effects. We're just going to do that. So Shadow the Hedgehog is a game where there are multiple branching paths. There's this really interesting, if you look at the like level map, uh, let me try and Google image level map um, to, to, to see if you can get that from the image search. There's this really interesting sort of diagram where depending on what you do in one stage, you'll go to a slightly different stage, you know? Um, and so you can use this to sort of route how your run is going to be to get a specific ending. And there are uh, 10 endings in total, um, but many of them are very similar to each other. And what's really interesting about this game is that each decision you make doesn't influence what happens so much as what happened. So which route you take seems to change things about Shadow's past more than about the plot of the actual game itself. And I think that's a really neat idea, but it sucks a little in the game. And by a little, I mean... Uh, no actions are connected at all in the plot of the game. You do something, and then you just teleport to another place and do something else. And then all of your cool revelations happen in the final stage when it's too late to back out. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, so so the neutral ending... Uh, okay, so I should also say, the conceit of the game is choose your path, hero or dark, right? Because Sonic Adventure 2 had hero mode or hero story and dark story, right? The the premise of the game is the planet is being invaded by aliens, and you have to choose, do you want to side with the aliens, uh, or do you want to side with the military to stop the aliens from destroying humanity? This is, this is a little, it's a little funky because the military is explicitly the bad guy in Sonic Adventure 2, which this is practically a sequel to, and now they're the good guys. And I, I don't really know how to fix that. Like... In the premise of the game, aliens are invading and you have to defend yourself with military force. That's cool. There's no way to acknowledge the fact that the military are the bad guys in any other circumstance, except by sort of both sidesing it, you know? Uh, I mean, we don't really have to do both sides have a point. We can do both sides are dangerous. Like, yeah, highlight the yeah. fact that the military does not care about the collateral damage that it causes. 
Yeah, there is there is a cool bit in the in the game where the general of the military has a personal vendetta against Shadow, and so he misallocates military resources specifically to go after Shadow, even when Shadow is working with them and not posing any threat. And I think we could sort of like lean into that, into the sort of the corrupt nature and how like you're really only going to uh, survive this threat if you like cooperate, you know? Yeah, we could also, we can third option it, except the third option is teaming up with Sonic and friends. <laughs> We're the unabashed good guys. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog is free of sin. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think I do think it's it's very reasonable for the good ending to just be, hey, did you remember that there are Sonic characters in this Sonic video game? It's not <laughs> all humans and aliens. Also, okay, I need to also mention... The aliens in this game are called the Black Creatures. Mm. Mm. So they have a couple different names. They're the Black Creatures, the Black Aliens, uh, the military, like the military arm of the the race. According to the leader of that military, Black Doom, the 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 military is called the Black Arms. So I feel like it's a little tone deaf. Yeah, a little bit. I. I I don't know what to do about it, and I'm scared. Um, what if? Do, are you familiar with Sonic X? Uh, I'm, I'm. You could say I'm familiar with Sonic X. What if we change the villains to the Metarex? Hmm. That's pretty good. I I was gonna say I think I think it would be sufficient to sort of change their name because the 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 reason the aliens want to take over the planet like. They want to kill all the humans. Uh, they want the planet just to terraform it. Like, they just want to live there. Um, so I think you could probably change their name to, like, the Colonial Arms or something like that. Just to oh, just yeah, to make it too. more like, listen, <laughs> we're avoiding sort of the discomfort in the name here. Um, and also we're saying, like, hey, these these guys want to... I, I don't know. Like, it's it's more sort of explicit about what their goal is. Because in the main game, you mostly just get the idea that they hate humans and just want them to be dead. Mm-hmm. Which, they're mm-hmm. so cartoonishly evil that it it feels very silly to side with them for any reason. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, we we have to change the character designs. There, there needs to be a bit more color, for one. Because... The the black creatures, they're all, as you might guess, they're all just the color black, and that's about it. There's some purple in there. But uh, the biggest criticism a friend of mine has given the game, I mean, there's there's a shit ton of, there's all, can I curse? Yes. Yes. Okay, there's a shit ton of criticism you can give this game, and I rest assured I will. Uh, but a big criticism is that the aliens don't even look cool. <laughs> like, if you're going to have, if you're going to have aliens, make them look cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not an expert in character design, but I feel like you you can just completely ignore the source material for for alien design, and I think that's probably fine. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. Also, uh, Black Doom, the character, he, like in the original game, he just talks like he's growl whispering, and I think I think that seriously contributes to the aggressively edgy sort of vibe of the game, where like. The game is so like serious and gritty that even the the main villain has to sound like he's trying to be quiet in like a a smoker's room, you know. I think the the number one thing we have to do is we have to give him this very like 
I would say this like you can give him sort of a distortedly deep voice where it feels like he's not speaking English, but it's being translated in some way. And so it feels a little glitchy. I think that might be cool. Yeah. A little synthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exactly right. Okay. So let's, let's get into the gameplay briefly uh, because this is a video game. Um, by the way, I, 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 I hope I'm not, I'm not just monologuing. I hope that's okay. <laughs> Hey, you're allowed to monologue. When Theo was here, it was basically a monologue. It was a one-man show. <laughs> okay, so the original Shadow the Hedgehog game, it's a 3D platformer with guns, but I say that really loosely because you mostly just run around and occasionally like hit the B button and the game sort of auto-fires. I think... I don't think we can get rid of the guns. I think they're too integral to the game's identity, for better or for worse. The game's very goofy, mm -hmm. self-serious identity. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I think if we change this to... So normally it's like a high-speed 3D platformer, kind of like, you know, similar to Sonic Adventure 2. That's, that's every Sonic fan is yearning for a high-speed 3D successor to Sonic Adventure 2. But I think we have like a button that makes the camera sort of punch in and now it's a third person shooter and and shadow travels more slowly uh and so you sort of switch between being fast and slow uh and i think the gun can have like a pretty generous uh auto aim so it, there's it feels like you're having very fast paced like platforming and then there's very fast paced uh gunplay i i think that could be pretty fun so like the gameplay switches that were in sonic heroes Kind of? I was thinking my 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 um source of inspiration is the games uh the infamous games, if you've played them. I have not. <laughs> I'm told Sucker Punch did Sly Cooper, right? I'm told was it Sly Cooper that did this? Anyway, so so yeah, it's essentially switches between two game modes, but you switch in and out by holding or unholding a button. So it feels very seamless. And Shadow can still jump. We could have something fun where like he falls more slowly if he's like aiming in so that you can aim more easily and stuff like that. Um and instead of the games, the original game sort of objectives of, oh, kill all 45 like Black Arms members, you know. Um, which, which is a pain because you have to scour through the whole level. I think you just, you just have to defeat a certain number of them, like a, like a certain percentage of them, I should say. And I think the levels can be way more open-ended. So, so like the first level starts out pretty linear, but then it opens up sort of partway through. And if you keep going forward, then you'll just get towards the goal and that'll get you to the neutral path. Uh, mm -hmm. but the game really rewards exploration. And so you're you're very interested in in looking around and finding some of the dudes that you're supposed to take out. And if you miss out on half the level, that's okay. You're designed to replay the game, and ex you can explore the other half on a on a replay. Um, I think that's the that's the big problem the original game had. In addition to the level design not being good, it also was not good for replayability. Because in order to get the, the true ending, you need to play the game 10 times. That means level one needs to be played 10 times. But it's That's designed. Yeah, but it's designed yeah. like a tutorial level. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think you could probably have like a short tutorial level which never needs to be replayed. And then whenever mm. you restart the game, you start from level two. And then that has the sort of open-ended sort of design to it. Uh, something neat the original game does is uh, 
the the f- like full neutral playthrough is just go to the end of the stage and like reach the goal, you know. Um and that that's really nice because that's just your objective in every Sonic game is get to the end of the level. Um so so that will be every player's first playthrough. Um that's also the playthrough where you are interfacing with Eggman the most. Uh, because this is a Sonic game, Eggman's here, even though he's basically irrelevant to the plot. <laughs> it should also be mentioned that if you get the neutral ending, it's revealed that Shadow is an android uh, made by Eggman to replicate the original Shadow who died. Now, this is not true for any other ending. He is canonically not an android unless you take the neutral route, which you may recognize as something that doesn't make any uh, sense. Yeah. Yes. So I think I think we lean into it. I think each ending represents an alternate timeline where Shadow's origin is slightly different. Okay. I think this game exists within the multiverse. Each ending, Shadow learns something about himself which is incompatible with several other endings. And that's a core sort of component. Um, the primary arc of this game is Shadow is learning about himself to find out who he is. And comes up with a couple of different sort of conclusions. And then in the true ending, he realizes that his past is irrelevant. What determines who he is is which direction he travels for the future. Um, mm-hmm. And I I think that's great. Uh, I think it'd be greater if he just had ten pasts and it was just like, you know what? Screw this. <laughs> this <laughs> Who gives a shit what the past is? There's too many of them to keep track of it. So f- the only option I have left to do is is look towards the future to determine who I am. So every final stage has two different endings depending on if you go hero or dark. And I think I think the android ending which is the neutral ending, if you go hero, then you're working with Eggman until the last minute. Uh and then you betray him and you decide to be the new Eggman. Sh- oh. Shadow goes, "Uh you're you're shit." Your Eggman Empire, it's mine now. I'm going to take over the world using your shit. And also, you're stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, uh, alternatively, uh, you can betray him right at the start. Uh, and Shadow will lament that uh, he is a cheap copy of the real Shadow. Uh, he gets very sad, and he takes it out on Eggman. Oh, also, it should be mentioned, it's implied that in some of the endings, Shadow kills Eggman in the original game. Huh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not... I mean, if you if you watch the cutscene, it definitely... You can hear Eggman continuing to scream after the point that he would have been dead, uh, because this game is, I believe, E10 and up, um, despite how many times they say damn. <laughs> So I think I think this ending has to be an homage to that. This has to be the Shadow kills Eggman, or at least uh, m- disposes of Eggman in a in a E ten and up kind of way, you know? Yeah. There's there's also an ending in the original game which I absolutely adore. So we have to keep this, where the general who has a personal vendetta against him reveals that uh, the creation of him. Uh, involved the deaths of many people, including the general's like relatives. Like I think during the lizard creation process, um, and so Shadow feels really bad about that, and he goes, "I should never have been created. Like the only thing m- my creation has done is has bring more destruction for people. So it was a mistake." And that's like, <laughs> it's really existentially heavy, but that's kind of why I like it. 
Because you have you have a talking hedgehog lamenting about this. <laughs> That's okay. It's adorable. <laughs> so I feel like this game is really. I think the game needs to take itself extremely seriously, except when literally any other talking animal is on screen. Like the military is really serious. Shadow's really serious. Uh, the the aliens are really serious. And then Sonic is just like, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> Just have this, like, complete and total, like, tonal dissonance between these two things. I think I think if, if you lean into this, um, it can become exactly self-aware enough that it, it can actually be interesting. So so the counter to the mistake ending, that's that's if you go semi-hero hero. Yes, it's very complicated. Uh, I think if if you go dark at the last minute, uh, he goes, yes, my creation did uh, end with the deaths of many people. And it will result in the deaths of many more. I was created to be a weapon. I'm going to own that shit. People n- need to respect my power. So he just he just goes full, like, screw it. If I'm dangerous, then y'all better watch out. I think I think they're the the semi dark hero ending. God, I should st- I should stop prefacing it with that because it's just <laughs> going to get ridiculous. I think. I think there's a route in which you experience sort of more memories of Maria because in the original game there was like there were two different flashback stages where Maria's just there and it's like what happened before you had to leave the ark uh there's there's this stage where like some experience experiment is broken out and the military has come in to to protect the researchers there but many researchers and also the military are dying and Shadow has to to take them out so I think there's there's got to be an ending where Shadow's memories of Maria make him feel like he has a duty to protect humanity. Like, he goes, okay, I am connected to humanity, so I am going to do what it takes to protect them. But here's the thing. I don't actually like them. I like some of them, but I don't like most of them. So I'm just kind of going to be here. I'm just going to be chilling. And if some shit happens, then I'll take care of it. Uh, and then I think the counter to that is that he realizes... Uh, this is, this is the SA2, uh, Japanese content ending where he realizes his memories of Maria are fake. He's not the ultimate life form and he's super angry about this. Uh, so he decides he's going to be, uh, he's going to do his best to prove his superiority to every other powerful creature, uh, especially Sonic who might be the real ultimate life form. So he just, he just becomes this very power hungry, like entity of potential destruction it it sort of mirrors uh metal sonic's rivalry with sonic in in a way and i think that could be fun i think probably the the downside of all of this is that uh you just have to um, i don't think these cutscenes can be very long uh so you just have to sort of imagine <laughs> what happens next i think <laughs> i think this game comes out and then the fan fiction writers go wild that's my goal <laughs> <laughs> I want fan fiction that spawns other fan. Oh shit! I'm writing Homestuck. <laughs> oh no, you're not. No, no, you haven't even come <laughs> close to that yet. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if if this game is the Homestuck of Sonic the Hedgehog, who am I kidding? Sonic 06 is the Homestuck of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> um, uh, hmm, no, no, I don't. Th- I don't think Sonic has ever reached Homestuck levels. I, hmm. I'm gonna have was, to do a study of this after. I was I was in deep on Homestuck. It's I think only James Joyce has reached Homestuck levels of Homestuck. 
I so I haven't I haven't read Homestuck. Okay, well, see that's your problem. You're you're just making assumptions. Homestuck I am, is I am making assumptions. Mostly the way the way Sonic fans interact with Sonic very heavily mirrors the way Homestuck fans interact with Homestuck. See, I was in that I would come... they hate it. <laughs> no, see, okay, mm, here let me let, let me do comparison. <laughs> Sonic fans are more like Pokemon fans in that yeah. the games were good and then they got bad. They can't say when they got bad, and they can't say why they were good to begin with, but they are now no longer good. They are also similar to Pokemon fans in that both are way hornier than you would think. Yes. But are somehow never satisfied. (laughs) Now, Homestuck fans are exactly as horny as you'd expect them to be. Oh, yeah, no. Um, You're right about that. Disturbingly so. Yeah. uh, Composed almost entirely of teens who had a a queer crisis at some point in their lives. Um, And if they're still genuine fans of the thing, they're either completely obnoxious or they're only fans in like an ironic way where it's like, yeah, I know this is garbage, but it amuses me to consume it. Therefore, Homestead fans are akin to Glee fans. (laughs) Yep. I, I was gonna say that's my relationship with Sonic the Hedgehog. Like <laughs> you're you're as horny as we'd expect. No, okay, no, hold on. I, <laughs> maybe I take that back. Sonic made you gay. <laughs> I do. I do have an ending here. I so I I wrote notes for this. I do have an ending um, where I said at the end like Shadow and Sonic kiss, uh, and I wrote that as a joke, but also like, come on, Sega, you can do it. <laughs> if a girl can kiss Do a hedgehog <laughs> if a girl can kiss a hedgehog why can't a he- hedgehog kiss a hedgehog that's exactly <laughs> right um so so the next the next set of endings uh are when uh shadow learns that uh his dna came from black doom because what actually happened in the canon of shadow the hedgehog and i hate this for the record uh is that after the lizard experiment failed, Black Doom appeared to Professor Robotnik and said, hey, I can give you my DNA to create the ultimate life form. Uh, and in return, in 50 years, I'll come back and destroy humanity. Does that sound like a good deal? And Robotnik said, yes. <laughs> For some reason. Well, because he probably thought he could figure out a way to avert that. Yeah, but then the and government actually- killed everyone on board. <laughs> So my theory is that that's why he built the Eclipse Cannon. Oh. He said, he said I'm going to build the Eclipse Cannon to destroy any aliens that come by trying to destroy the world. Uh, and then when he was betrayed, he went, actually, what if I rig the Eclipse Cannon to destroy the planet instead? And I don't think the game ever touches on this. Like, I don't think the game ever goes, and then Robotnik built the Eclipse Cannon to defend the, the Earth from the, the terror that he, like, wrought upon it 50 years from now. Okay. So I think this is the ending where Shadow learns he's basically Black Doom's son and goes, yeah, okay, I no longer have a connection to humanity. I have a closer connection to these guys, so I'm going to help him out. You know, why not? And then I think the the counter one to that is that he doesn't side with Black Doom. His view of Professor Robotnik, who he considered a father figure, completely shifts. Uh, he thought Robotnik wanted to help humanity by creating him, uh, but it turns out he was just selfishly trying to save one person. And granted, it's a person that Shadow cares a lot about, which is Maria. Um, 
but Shadow feels like a puppet in a grand scheme, and he does not want to be used by anyone. So he decides this war between humans and aliens, he's just not going to participate. He no longer cares what the outcome is. And this ending uh, is the most emo ending in the game, uh, which is why I adore this ending. Because <laughs> I think it's it's perfectly in tone uh, with Shadow T. Hedgehog. It's just it, you can imagine you can imagine the fan art of Shadow like with with a tear in his eye and like there's like a shitty like AMV with lyrics like in the foreground you know um, yeah. from from this cutscene you know and so then uh, <laughs> oh shit I forgot to write one of the endings okay so we're <laughs> so, so we're <laughs> I came very prepared. Um, so, so the final sets of endings, one of which is unfinished, but the other is he just ends his rivalry with Sonic. They team up to defeat uh, Black Doom, uh, and then Shadow and Sonic kiss. I think rivalry to lovers, it's it's perfect. It'll sell a million copies. <laughs> they they ride off into the sunset. <laughs> I do yes. think I I don't think any Sonic game should end with a kiss because last time they did that, uh, it didn't go so well. But I, I do think just Shadow being like, hey, maybe Sonic and I are just like getting along now. Maybe we maybe maybe I don't have to be angsty all the time. Maybe I can only be angsty some of the time. Uh I think would be a very satisfying sort of sort of arc. Uh and I'm I'm realizing as I'm saying this, I am giving Shadow a bunch of character arcs. Like he is he is growing as a person in all of these endings, sometimes in bad ways. And in the original game, that does not happen, uh, <laughs> because the growth only happens in the true ending, which makes most of the endings non-canon. Um, I've decided he's going to grow ten different times, and then all of them will be canon, because in the true ending, the multiverse is going to collapse. And so, so the reason all this happens is because Shadow used Chaos Control to, to stop the arc from falling in Sonic Adventure 2 with all seven Chaos Emeralds, and it basically caused all of time surrounding his life to collapse and for him to experience all of it in an instant up until this point where, where he has to face off against Black Doom. And so all of the different pasts collide, and now he is all of them, which... If you're a fan of Shadow the Hedgehog, is an aggressive way uh, for Shadow to be able to say the line "I am all of me," which is the name of the theme of the game. Okay, yeah, I like that actually. <laughs> so I think it's the best way to give respect to to these endings because the original game just said, "Yeah, Android doesn't matter. He's not an Android. Screw you." If you <laughs> liked the fact that he was an Android, I don't care. That's irrelevant. You know. Um, I think this end this this sort of plot point can also sort of get around the fact that Shadow definitely died because he definitely died in Sonic Adventure 2, but with time travel, now he's back. <laughs> Don't need to worry about it. Well, I was looking at the tier choice uh, page. Apparently, if you like waste enough time during the last boss fight, Eggman will comment that he found Shadow's body and put him in a tube and that's how he came back to life or something. Oh my god, is that real? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh by the way it should be noted uh so i didn't play this game in preparation for this episode uh, <laughs> that's fine i do not remember how the true ending path goes 
Listen, I have come on here to reboot things that I've never seen, never played, never anything. I saw a YouTube essay on it, and I was like, hey, I want to take a swing at that. So there's a thing in the original game where Black Doom freezes everyone's, like, bodies. Like, he just has the ability to do that for some and he just never did it. And so everybody's frozen, and he's like... Uh, Shadow, because you're my son, you should join me. And Shadow's like, no, but also because I'm your son, you can't freeze me. And guess what, bitch? I can move. And so that's the reason that Shadow is is able to be the hero of this game and not Sonic, is because Sonic is stuck in place and Shadow isn't because of his unique ties to Black Doom. And I, I think that sucks because in addition to me just not liking that the blood relation bit, it also, like... Like, it makes one ending canonical and the rest of them not, which defeats the purpose of a true ending. And also, I I just really don't like bloodline stories. And the whole point of Shadow's arc is that his past is irrelevant. So, like, why make his past super critical to the reason why he was able to, to do this thing? Exactly. So I've decided the only reason, like, the reason that only Shadow is able to stop Black Doom is because... Shadow is the only one who has been traversing the multiverse. Like his consciousness has been drifting through the multiverse. And now he is uniquely qualified to take on Black Doom. Uh, and then he shoots a laser at him, I think. <laughs> it's just and I, cool. I think, I think the game has to end with him shooting a laser at him, yes. which is the, the true intentions of the Eclipse Cannon coming to fruition. My super laser piss. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. He pisses on Black Doom. Uh, and it and it works. <laughs> and because he goes super Shadow the Hedgehog pissed on his dad. <laughs> no! Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. And and because he goes super shadow, I said supersonic earlier. Uh because he goes super shadow, um, that ends the like multiverse thing. So now he's fine. Now he can just be one person again. I also think the t- the timeline shenanigans, in addition to being extremely out there because it only comes up at the very end of the game, despite that, uh, I do think it m- actually improves Sonic 06 because Sonic 06 establishes that Chaos Emeralds can time travel and the way they do it is not very cool and not very fun. I think this is more cool and fun, but it also retroactively makes Sonic 06 less out of nowhere that they can do that. Um, so so I've decided that uh, I've made two games better now. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I kind of want to talk about music. Okay. So I think so. So the original game has like an aggressively metal and like industrial and like electronic soundtrack, uh, which I think is rad. Um, but the whole aesthetic of the game is a little overwhelming for some people who don't like it when games are tone deaf. <laughs> um, so I think I think we need a little bit more levity, especially in menus. I think we still need we still need metal. This this is the most. This is the most 2004 game you've ever seen in your life, even though it was released in 2005. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, think, I think we can sort of, I think we need to own that and just take all of the genres that were popular, like of that era, and make that the soundtrack for the game. 
All right, let me look up popular music in 2004. <laughs> I'm not saying we should put Skater Boy in the game, but I will say... Uh, um, technically, the Avril hit of 2004 was my happy ending, which does fit true. better with Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> yep. Skater Boy was 2002, if memory serves. <laughs> so Shadow the Hedgehog did get like a bunch of artists to write songs, or at least license songs. Um uh, what's the song "Almost Dead"? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, by Power Man Five Thousand. Um, they had a Julian K song. Um, just just a bunch of like bands they've never never like the franchise has never interacted with before, and some of those are a little too edgy. I, I, sorry, what I mean is some of those are the exactly the right amount of edgy, but we also need something that is like a little bit, a little more self awareedly edgy. You know, like very like I'm a teen and I'm rebelling for the first time and I don't actually know that you can rebel harder than this yet. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> That's the vibe that I want to go for. <laughs> I like, want to say some 41 in the Beastie Boys kind of sums up that feeling oh, right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the reason Shadow swears in this game is because he just learned that you can. He's like, I... <laughs> What are my parents oh, gonna yell at me? We we <laughs> forgot a very important band. Oh yeah, Lincoln Park. <laughs> oh my god! How did I not think of Lincoln Park? I listen. <laughs> when I was the age I needed to be to like Shadow the Hedgehog, which is to say, um, still right now, um, <laughs> I adored Lincoln Park. I loved Lincoln Park and Shadow the Hedgehog at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, that just makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's some old-ass old AMVs from the old days of YouTube oh, stuff floating about that have Shadow the Hedgehog screaming his lungs out to crawling. <laughs> no, you know what we need to do is, like, every every Sonic game has, like, a Casino Nights level, right? Oh, or yeah. Something like, yeah. So when Shadow ends up on that one, we're playing Numb by Linkin Park, but it's the 80s remix. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> so I want to say, so there are two levels in this game in which you go inside a computer. And... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> There's literally a bit where, uh, like, the Team Chaotix is trying to, like, figure out how to hack into this computer. They can't figure it out. Shadow punches the computer and gets absorbed into it. And now he's in the cyber stream. <laughs> yes. And, Good. And in the cyber stream, he meets up with Rouge the Bat, who was already there. <laughs> she's just there. <laughs> she was, she's like, hey, Shadow. Like, she's not even surprised to see him. <laughs> Uh, so I think you can do that. I think you can, like, you can Kingdom Hearts it, you know? Um, I don't know how to... I don't... I feel like it needs to be funny, though. There needs to be a way to be like, okay, this is happening. Shadow is very serious, but the situation itself is absolutely not. Do not question how he got in the computer. Or how he's gonna leave, to be fully honest. <laughs> oh, also, it should, I should mention, there's a Chaos Emerald inside the computer. Okay. This is, oh, this is like Zoolander. <laughs> it's in the computer. Yes. 
<laughs> okay, can we get Shadow to blue steal the camera at least once? <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to, pretty much. Well, I think for, for these, what we have to do is we play the actual levels completely seriously, but if there's ever loading screen, like loading screens in between bits of the computer <laughs> levels, instead of, instead of like showing tips or whatever, like a normal video game do, it just cuts back to Team Chaotix, and they're all just kind of staring at the computer, and at some point, Vector's <laughs> going to be like, so, does anyone know what's going on? That's such a good Vector. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Is this is this the game where Vector asks if you know where to find the computer room? Here's the thing. Sonic Heroes is where he tr- where he asks if you know how to find the computer room. In Shadow the Hedgehog, they found it. Direct <gasps> sequel. My god. Oh. <laughs> it's all connected. That is literally the thing that makes it a direct sequel. Is that he finally found it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there, there is a level in the original game, which is the most badass level concept I've ever heard, uh, but it's a shitty level, uh, uh-huh. where the space colony arc is falling apart, like it, it has blown up, and the pieces are currently free-falling to the Earth, and you have to platform on that. Ooh. It's the yeah. coolest thing in the world, uh, but the level design is very, very bad. <laughs> and I'm not a professional level designer uh, anymore. Um, so I am i can't say I know exactly how to fix that, but absolutely we need to keep this level because the concept is way too badass. I feel like there's going to be a, there's got to be like a time limit before you just run out of platforms or, you know, it you crash into the earth and die again. I also think this level has a race with Sonic, uh, which is also very like apropos. Because the the stage really wants you to go fast so that you don't, you know, crash into the atmosphere. (laughs) Um, But obviously, (laughs) obviously that stage is necessarily non-canon in the original game because you use the arc to shoot a space laser at the aliens and you can't do that if the arc is exploded. So I think I think sort of the 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 reveal scene that you've been traveling through the multiverse is like shadow on the arc like talking to Robotnik and Maria he like gets a scene of closure with them and also they explain what the hell is going on and you can also see like a feed like a video feed of the arc falling apart or maybe a feed of like Shadow in Sonic Adventure 2 like keeping the arc from crashing uh, so that way you know like all of this is happening at the same time like you're on an arc that's fine and also the arc is destroyed at the same time you know so at this point it sort of operates in dream logic a little bit okay honestly i think there's there's something that sonic the hedgehog really needs is like a surreal bit you know where something just doesn't make sense for a little bit and you're like that's fine this is we're operating on dream logic. okay i i already went into the computer so so maybe we're not missing that (laughs) Uh, but i but i do think like like just a sequence where things don't make like logical sense and that is established in the universe as being something that's okay to do for a little bit. Um, but also if this happens too long, I don't know, maybe the space time continuum collapses forever. Who knows? Yeah. So, so, you know, we have to accomplish two things. We have to save the space time continuum and defeat the, the aliens that are trying to invade the planet. I feel like we need to do a third thing, which is find a way to make the, the military. Uh, Okay. I haven't mentioned this bit. It's not just the military. Um, 
It's the general unit of nations, uh, aka gun. It is the global military. It's it's the planet's whole military. Huh. Yeah, world military. That that sounds feasible. <laughs> it's so the the universe established in Sonic Adventure Two is very like very authoritarian. Like in the in the first stage for Sonic, you're chased by a giant gun truck which is just trying to mow you down and it's so large that it occupies all lanes in the road and knocks down every car in its path so they do not care about collateral damage in order to detain you uh yeah and i think that's a really interesting sort of like faction to include in sonic the hedgehog and that's that's why they're explicitly the villains in sa2 and I feel like we need to have more of this, like, there are a lot of casualties on, on this city and, like, somebody being like, um, well, they're not all dead yet, but we don't have time to evacuate. Let's just nuke the place and hope that we take out more aliens than people, you know? Yeah. Really? I think there could be, there could be, like, a level where, like, maybe Sonic or maybe Eggman is like, hey, uh, can you stop them from, from nuking this city? That would be great. Uh, we, we don't want innocents to die. We think maybe there's like a, a better way to do this. And I, I think we could sort of explore the, explore the nuance of that, you know? And then you can either, you can side with the military, which is technically closer to hero. So maybe we want to rebrand that as not hero, but I don't know. Um, or you can side with Eggman or Sonic or whatever and, prolong the war but also save a bunch of innocents in the process i'm adding the trolley problem to shadow the hedgehog <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's i mean that's 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 pretty much my bit yeah yeah i mean i think like i mentioned before i think there should always be a way to find a third option where it's it is the more like genuinely heroic moment where you can save everyone involved yeah. Yeah, I I think actually, you know what? I really like that as like a like a mission concept of like cuz most of the missions in the game are kill this many of this faction. And by this many, I mean literally all of them, which is insane. Yeah. Um there's a there's a level I once got stuck on for 3 hours because I couldn't find the last enemy. Oh no. Yeah, it's nobody likes that. Nobody is a fan. <laughs> But so, so I think you could do something where it's like, okay, uh, deliver something to this, like to a certain amount of civilians, uh, to evacuate them within the time limit, you know? Um, so, so you're very like pro exploration, but you're also like, I have to do this very, very quickly. And so that is the, I'm not going to stop the bomb. I'm just going to mitigate the damage done by the bomb sort of option. Mm -hmm. I think that could be interesting. And I'm also thinking, like, you could be, early on, you could be presented with two options, and it's like, help the aliens with their goals, or help the military with their, their goals, and that's, like, that's the thing that pops up in the mission log, but you could come across one of, like, the Sonic characters, like, you find Amy, and Amy will be like, oh, but Shadow, I'm sure if you do this, and then you can defeat both of them, and, like, it won't show up yeah. in the mission parameters, but if you do go through with it, then you can, like, save all of the innocents, and from Ooh. that point on, you know that, like, even if the mission statement is saying you have to do one or the other, there is a way that you can like do accomplish both things 
and avoid okay. all of the negative issues. I'm I'm very into that. So so the original game, almost all stages have three different objectives. Uh, one takes you more hero, one takes you more dark, and one just just doesn't change your alignment at all. Uh, and you're traveling rightward along a flowchart. Um, and I so so I've held the opinion that the the neutral like the true neutral path is just dealing with Eggman. Um, but I I do like the idea of like so. If you're if you're not already on neutral, but you're on like one of the the semi hero or semi dark paths, then you can do this like um, there is a third option, and that will that will allow you to avoid uh, that will allow you to avoid directly picking a side, and that brings you that that keeps you in the semi state without putting you in the Eggman route. I don't want to make this flowchart like three dimensional. I don't want to add an extra axis. Of like, <laughs> you know, because I think, I think that's a level of complexity that is hard to to visualize. But also, um, then we have it so that each stage actually has four objectives, and now you need to play each stage four times. <laughs> um, so so I I hesitate to do that, but I do think I think there's a place for that in some of the semi routes, you know, um. So I think I think the mission design from the original game needs a complete rework and I think this is this is a good sort of this is a good like concept to sort of involve in that. Um oh also it should be mentioned so in the base game if you have a hero or dark objective whichever one you're currently tracking uh one of the people from that faction will like follow you. If it's dark it's almost always Black Doom. But so they'll just be talking at you and, and tell you to remind you to do things and also alert you if you're doing the other objective on accident so that you stop doing that. And from a mechanics perspective, that makes sense. I wonder if maybe both can be following you like at different times and the tracker can just be there at all times for both. And so it's not a problem. But I think narratively, this is an amazing place for banter. So, because I think we can have, like, you know, if Rouge is with Shadow, it's not just Shadow react, or it's not just Rouge reacting to Shadow doing things. He can talk back to her. So, like, she can say something that's, like, not taking him nearly as seriously as he wants to be taken, and he can respond to that with frustration, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can we can get sort of character work for him. I think it'd be neat if the banter changes depending on what your path has been thus far to reflect on the, on the decisions that you've made thus far. That's, that's sort of writing hell, but that's, that's for the writers to solve. That's not my job. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I think it'd be cool to have, to have like actual banter. And this can be sort of a source of the, like Sonic is just making jokes all the time. And so you feel like, okay, Shadow wants to be serious. Sonic wants to be funny. And that combination is very funny. Yes. <laughs> and then as soon as he's gone and like Black Doom shows up and it's serious again. And you're like, hold on. <laughs> Sonic is more fun. I should join his side. <laughs> so I, I think that's, that, that'd be a lot of fun. I'm also thinking about the idea of like Telltale style dialogue options during cutscenes. But yeah, that's I something don't... I was picturing too. So I don't think they can affect the plot, and I feel weird about giving you those options if they can't affect the plot. Because I like the idea of 
like you sort of having more say in Shadow's personality and expressing that not just mechanically but also in dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. But it it would feel I guess it would feel weird if like you know Shadow saying only the most aggressive things. Uh, not changing anything about his relationship with people. Maybe it can have like minute sort of like minute acknowledgements in the broader cutscenes, but not change the plot itself. You know? Yeah. Um, but but I think it'd be fun because I think especially since this is a game designed to be replayed, I think somebody can be like, "What if I just don't ever talk to anyone? I just t- t- go with the silent option literally every time." I feel like that might be a fun depiction of Shadow that I that I could want to explore. Or I can I can take the less serious answers so that I'm playing Shadow in a way that's a little bit less like self-serious, you know? And I think I think players might might explore the the dialogue options in more detail than they would in Telltale uh as a result of the replayable sort of nature of the game. I think it could be fun. Shadow, why are the black arms invading? Because they're big, stupid jellyfish. (laughs) There's just a dialogue option, which is, Sonic, I'm gay for you. Yes. (laughs) You have, have like, half a second to click it, or else it goes away. Because Shadow doesn't have the courage to say it. (laughs) Shadow, how are you so strong? Every time I move, I break all my arms and all my legs, and then they heal instantly. (laughs) <laughs> it's just you know you know microfractures in your bones make them stronger so i'm just constantly microfracturing them so they're as strong as steel and that's how it works um that <laughs> this is this is almost a kengan reference for exactly one person in the audience hi theo <laughs> <laughs> uh so so i think that about that about sums up my shadow reboot um I think it'll take like a pretty bad game and make it into uh, a probably also kind of like a fairly bad game, but in a very fun way. I think all of the tonal problems of the original game, you can't get rid of them. You have to lean into them. But I think that makes the game more fun as a result. And if the gameplay is also not dreadful, uh, then I think I think that works. And again, if we get a bunch of Shadow the Hedgehog fan fiction as as a result of this i'm not going to be mad i will read all of it (laughs) i'll I'll read all of it that's my promise (laughs) unless unless it becomes too much i won't (laughs) i'll read all of your age appropriate fan fiction let's let's say that (laughs) uh so yeah i think i think that's about that's about everything i had awesome yeah, it sounds like it would be a fun game if it were to exist. Yes. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, we're stuck with the real one. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll take what we can get. <laughs> I I do maintain that it's it's the room of video games. Because <laughs> it's fun to make fun of in a group setting and dreadful alone. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like many years ago, I did a playthrough with a friend where every like 20 minutes we would pass the controller to each other because we couldn't take it anymore, but we <laughs> loved to watch the other one play. It was, it was, it was a great time. And I, I think I, I can't name another game that's like that. So I want to make that book good. That's, <laughs> that's my plan. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. All right, well, if that's everything we can say about Shadow, 
then, where's that damn fourth friendship promo? (laughs) (laughs) Movies are the best. Good movies, bad movies, original movies, and remakes. Yes, remakes too. My name is Sam Gash, and every other week, I invite a guest to discuss a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade. Together, we figure out the best way to remake that movie. My podcast is called Ideal Remake, and Ideal Remake is available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Isaiah, thank you so much for being here tonight. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Uh, Where can you be found on the internet with your many things? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. You should also listen uh, to my Kingdom Hearts podcast, uh, Kingdom Hearts of Forgotten Era. It's an actual play podcast set 80 years before the events of Birth by Sleep. So so I think that's a lot of fun. Um, you should also, I, I, can I be honest? I think you should, you should buy my music. And uh, the way you can do that is by going to Isaiah Brighton, that's I-S-I-A-H-B-R-I-G-H-T-O-N dot bandcamp.com. Um, there's also a link to my music on my Twitter. Um, and yeah, put put it in your ears, just like you put this one in your ears. Um, and, also, and also give me money to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my promos. Didn't you have a, like a gamer moment last week too? I did. So I don't put it like that. <laughs> um, so I do, I do also make video games for a company called myth Atelier, um, whom you can also find on Twitter. Uh, oh, <laughs> apparently in my, in my profile, I misspelled myth Atelier. So the Twitter account doesn't exist. So I'm going to, I'm going to probably fix that soon. <laughs> um, but so uh, you can go to Mythatelier's uh, itch page and um, you can play the, the game we we made in a game jam recently. Uh, you can also buy our game Strife of Cosmos, which is a fun um, retro arcade JRPG roguelike with music by me. Nice. Uh, it's, it's a lot of things and all of them are good. So you should check it out. Awesome. And Lindsay, how about yourself? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. It's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart, and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not a Fire Boot You First, and they're pronounced... Hang on, I have to find those Shadow the Hedgehog quote. Joke's on you! If you were a true copy, you'd know that I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> there's just so much there's just so much tension between Sonic and Shadow. That just like come on. Just kiss already. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> and uh you can email you know, you can email us about that at not if I were but you first at gmail.com or you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and how you would choose to be a hero or a villain. Send us your slash pick. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner, if if they send us any fan fiction, you have to tell me. I will tell don't I will forward it to you. <laughs> I look forward to it. Uh, you can also email us a friendship promo, be it a um an audio clip or a proof for a street. But either way, we'll put in free ad for your podcast or YouTube or even your archive of your own account. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't forget the DeviantArt. Do you know how much fan art there is? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that's true. I mean, we say DeviantArt every time. Sometimes I like to mix it up. The DeviantArt should be a given by now. <laughs> yes. Especially uh, with not, Sonic. Not if I reboot you first as a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can talk more about this show or others on the network via our Corner Podcast Discord. Our cover art, as always, is by Alex, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. Our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, whose contact info is available upon request. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional lands, the Cree, Sotil, and Assiniboine, and homeland of the Métis. And next week, we have another guest. Woo! Is it me again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next week, we are going to save the whales. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a knowing oh, Lindsay. Yeah, I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining us, Isaiah. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. We will go on a journey next week, but not if we recruit you first. Bye. Bye.